0: good to have you. And we believe you're in the right spot. We believe you're not here by accident. We believe that God has something to share with us if we will tune in and listen. And so I hope for the next few minutes you'll be able to put aside the distractions and zero in on what he has for us. We've had the opportunity to worship him today. Thank you so much to the praise team and everybody who gets here early to make that happen. And uh, had a good time in the first service. Last week we started a series As we have for a number of years, talking about the importance of words and specifically our word. Was there a word that we could choose for our lives that would give us not only definition for the next 12 months, but direction as well? And what we also did last week is we took a little survey and we tried to figure out where are you coming from as far as your description for the past 12 months. And how you would rate the year on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being the best, how did you rate 2020? Well, it was interesting because we found a few things out, okay? And I'm going to share that with you as we get started here. First thing we found out is this. The first service is more optimistic than the second service, okay? I don't know how to share that with you. I know that's bad news, but maybe there is something to that, you know, early birds catch the worm or something. I'm not sure. Uh, The early risers are more optimistic on the day, and so that's why they come to church early, but it was interesting. You're like, how did you figure that out? Well, Jeremy was kind enough to put these in two separate trash cans, and so I picked through them and found a sampling of what you're like, wait a second, we have a pandemic. Don't worry. I used hand sanitizer and washed my hands when I was done. None. The other thing, it was the only thing in the trash can. We made sure of that as well. But I just kind of I'm like, I got to find out where these people are at. People in the first service, are you ready for this? Gave average, just an average, was seven. Okay? To 2020. I was like, wow, that's not bad. Optimistic people reading God's word and believing Him and trusting the preacher. Second service, three. Okay? second. Here's the thing, too. Families, couples, they did not agree, all right? We found out, this out in my own family. We were having dinner last week, and Kaylee was sharing with us that during the service, while they're taking that little survey, she asked, uh, you know, she, Eric said, what did you put down? She said, a three. <laughs> she said, what did you put down? He said, a 6.5. She's like, what? She said, Eric, I almost had like a Panic attack because of everything that we went through last year. He's like, Well, yeah, but that was you, not me. (laughs) So, you know, spouses may have had a different outlook on the way that the year went. But here is the interesting thing: No matter how you looked back on the year and the number you gave it, the words, interestingly, to describe the past 12 months were eerily the same between the first and the second service. Words like uh, backwards. (laughs) <laughs> canceled lost boring had to be a student there had to be a student that was just like last year I spent way too much time with my parents boring <laughs> Um, boring uh, corrupt right, that was an interesting put um, overwhelmed what was another word that was in there overwhelming and 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 here's the deal, if you had that as a description for last year, and you watched everything unfold as it has this past week, I am positive, I am 100% positive that there are some of you who thought, this is worse than last year, this is no different than what I lived through, I'm still overwhelmed, we're still going backwards, nothing has changed, but... And here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember what we talked about last week, that the essence of what we're trying to do in these first few weeks of January and the first few weeks of this brand new year, 365 blank pages that God has given to us, what we're trying to do is give some direction and some definition to that which we can control. Not the things that we cannot get control of not the things over which we have no control and so much of our time and our energy and our resource and our emotion is devoted to the things that we cannot control and what that what happens is it distracts us then from the things that we can control it takes away from the game plan of the things that we can control so i would urge you as as we continue through this, if you haven't done this yet, is there not a word that you can grab a hold of, that you can claim? And maybe it's a phrase, because last year, of course, sometimes the words that we're describing and, and, and uh, giving definition to last year and the last 12 months, even from these universities and dictionaries and that kind of thing, it was a phrase, it wasn't, just a, it wasn't just a word. And so we shared some of that with you last week, how you, maybe it's a phrase for you, but what is something that you can grab a hold of that will give you direction and definition? But as we move into part two of this series, here's where I want you to gain an understanding. Uh, Sometimes the words that we choose need to be words that God has given to us, that God has breathed into our life, words that actually come from God himself. Because as we want to live life and make it different, the more we can understand and be moved by God's word, the better chance we have of making 2021 better than 2020. 2020. Uh, a number of years ago. And I've, I've shared this story before, so those of you that uh, have been with us for a while, you've heard this story before. And if I'm pastor for a few more years, then fortunately you'll hear it another half a dozen times. But um, uh, I want to share it with you anyhow, because it, it just, it, it, it in essence shares what I want to say to you today. A number of years ago, Kaylee came home first year in college, and, uh, and she was home for the first time. In the interim, between the time that she went to school and came back home, we moved okay? So the home that she had grown up in, that she had known for 13 years of her life, all basically of her elementary school, junior high, high school, we had moved. Everything was different, new bedroom, all that kind of thing. So she comes, and, and it's all kind of a new experience, and a, a, a couple hours into the evening, you know, it's time to go to bed and everything. She makes her way to her room. Lori decides to head in early, but I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, and as I'm sitting there, sure enough, I hear the patter of feet coming down the hallway, and it's Kaylee, and in all of the youngest child innocence that she could muster. She's like, dad, could I sleep in your room tonight? Now, what that really means is, dad, would you get a blanket and a pillow and sleep out here on the couch and let me go and sleep with mom? And it's like, what are you going to do? No, get back to your room. Of course. I'm like, yeah, that's fine, honey. So she goes in, gets settled in. And of course, mom loves that because, well, Kaylee doesn't snore as much as I do. And um, so uh, I grab a blanket and a pillow and I like, you know, hey, this will be cool. It's like, you know, camping out. Um, So I settle in on the couch and I'm watching some TV. and I'm just about ready to move into la-la land when all of a sudden, about two in the morning, And this only happens once in a while, but it has happened more than once. My wife, I don't know what it is, I don't know whether it's a deep sleep, I don't know whether it's just a change of season, maybe it was the Cali, I don't know what it is. But every once in a while, in her sleep, she will cackle like the Wicked Witch of the West, okay? And so, and, and, and I kid you not, it's not like a, it's a, okay? And, and I don't know what causes it. I'm not, maybe it was pizza or something. I don't know. But anyway, she did that about two in the morning, okay? Now, two things happened. Number one, I sat straight up in bed, okay? Okay. Well, I wasn't in bed. I was on the couch, okay? And luckily, I wasn't watching a scary movie because the hair on the back of my neck stood straight out, all right? I'm like, what in the world is coming from that bedroom? And, you know, Elphaba is in there, and uh, she's just stabbed my daughter. Um, and so I am like, what in the world? And then the door inches open, and our dog, Hosea, comes bouncing out and jumps on the couch with me. He's like, I ain't staying in there. I don't know what that was. I don't want nothing to do with it. So evidently, it only affected the two guys because here's the deal. I got up and made my way to the bedroom, opening it up, expecting Kaylee to be wide-eyed, and neither her nor her mom had moved an inch. It hadn't affected. They were just still sound asleep. Kaylee had just never even woken up, never even budged, and it hadn't affected Lori at all. She had just moved right on to, you know, killing Dorothy or whatever it was. Um... <laughs> They hadn't budged. You're like, what does that have to do with anything? Wouldn't it be terrible if after all this time and all this stuff that has happened, I think actually the Apostle Paul might call some of it dung, but I won't go there right now. After all of this that we've been through, is it possible that God looks down And the church hasn't budged. We haven't moved an inch. It hasn't affected us at all. We're just sick of the whole thing and can't wait to get back to normal because when we get back to normal, all of our stuff, which is what makes us so happy, all of our stuff will be back available to us. And he looks down and his people, his church, the people that say, how I love Jesus, it hasn't moved them at all. And and here's the deal. If we listen to God's word and if we love God's word, then we've got to allow God's word to what? Make a difference, right? Right? It's gotta become a part of our lives. And man, if you look back over the past 12 months and say, you know what, God hasn't really taught me anything. Wow. How can that be? And the only way it can be is if we're not listening. If we're not listening, because I'm gonna tell you something, God wants to rouse us from our sleep. God wants to wake us from our slumber, and I believe he wants to do that to the church. And he is trying to wake us up with the things that are happening in our world, in our country. He is trying to shake us and say, wake up. Wake up. Time is short. you got to make a difference. And the only way that's going to happen is if we allow his word to become part of our lives. So, our words really important and i want you to come up with a word that will give your life for the next 12 months some definition and some direction but what if we were to make sure that his word was affecting our life would that change the word that we then use to give us direction and definition so today i want to talk to you about his word and the importance of it in our lives in 2021 if we want to make sure that this year is different for us than last year. Circumstances might not be any different. I mean, it's possible, it is possible for things to get worse in the world and yet for you get better. Not because your circumstances have changed, but because your relationship with a Heavenly Father who is in control has changed. And you're allowing his word to saturate you and become something that he can use not only just in you, but to you. And, and here's the bottom line. <coughs> we have, <clears throat> excuse me, should have turned my mic off before I did that, right? We have so much at our disposal. I mean, it is awesome that we have this online capability, but even before Calvary was online, there were so many churches and so many speakers and so many preachers and pastors and teachers. God's word is available to us in so many areas. We have no excuse. But the question is, are we gonna allow it to make a difference us. i want you to if you've got your bible turn with me to second timothy chapter three and may i just say and again this is where i'm preaching okay i should take off my shoes but it'll be hard for me to get them back on so i won't so i'm just gonna step right all over your feet at the beginning of the message when you come to church you are coming to god's house bring his book with you okay Don't just trust me. Truth is, in the last service, I shared the wrong scripture. Fortunately, somebody came and said, you know what? They had their Bible. They were like, "Uh, you shared the wrong scripture. You might want to change that before the next service. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens when you send it out at 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) I'd gotten it a little mixed up. You need to follow along. Why? Because God has promised, and I can't explain this. This is one of those deals where you just got to go by faith. But God says, my word will not my word will not return to me void, which means when I send it out, it's gonna make an impact, it's gonna make a difference. And so I would encourage you, especially in this day and age in which on your phone, and I know only 20, maybe 30% of our crowd has a phone these days, but for those that do, I would encourage you, put it on your phone because then it's with you. Then if you get dropped off at the tire place cuz you have to get your tire fixed, man, you could actually take the next few minutes and read God's word. You get stuck in a line in McDonald's and even though there's two drive-thrus, you know you're going to be there for 10 minutes, you've got it right there. And it's not only available to us to read, it can be read to you. Oh my goodness, you can even pick the voice that you want to read it to you. Allow God's word to saturate. Why is that so important? Because notice what Paul says. Most theologians, people that study God's word, would say this is the last letter he wrote. Paul's in prison. He knows he's not getting out of prison. And so he wrote this last letter, and he wrote it to his spiritual son, Timothy. This is what he says, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. You're like, what's the last days? We kind of talked about it for those few weeks before Christmas when we got into Revelation, okay? As you approach the time, Jesus came once, but when he left, what did the angel say? He's coming back again. As you get closer to the time when Jesus comes, Scripture refers to that. Jesus himself refers to that as the last days, all right? So that's what Paul's talking about here. So this is what he says to Timothy. In the last days, it's going to be difficult, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiven. They will slander others. Think, think of how much of your news coverage that you watch, you know, let's say the first 10 minutes is basically this person saying something about this person. Even political elections, right? No matter whether it's the smallest to the biggest, half of the money is spent advertising telling you what the other person is about and what they not what. And a lot of times, it's not the truth. They slander. They have no self-control. They will be cruel and they'll hate what is good. A few months ago, we did a series called Living in the Upside Down. Doesn't it seem sometimes like that which is good is now evil and that which is evil is now good? Paul says that's the way it's going to be. They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride and they will love pleasure rather than God. They will... Here's, here's the kick. They will act religious, but will reject the power that could make them godly. What's that mean? They'll be religious, but they'll lack the relationship. They'll lack the relationship that could actually give their lives power to not be controlled by the circumstances surrounding us, but instead by the source of their relationship, which is God himself. And then he says, stay away from people like that. Another way to put it might be, don't become that type of person, right? As we live, and, and I don't think any of us could argue that we are closer no matter where we fit on that pendulum of last days, we're closer than we were when Paul wrote those words. And my guess is that most of you could come up with examples of every type of that behavior that you have seen evidence of in the past couple of weeks. Sometimes it's headline news. Sometimes it's just circumstances that you wind up living with. But we see it. And Paul says, don't let that happen. How? How do we avoid that? Down in verse 14, listen to what he says. But you, Timothy, must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood. What's he saying, Timothy? When all else fails, trust In God's word. Put your faith in God's word. When all else is failing, when all else is falling, put your trust, put your faith in God's word. Why? Three reasons. I want to give them to you today. And then I'm just going to give you a little practical aspect as to how you can make this part of your life. And we'll get out of here. But there are three reasons why it's so important. First one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're online, it's got a little thing you can actually hit that notes tab and take them right along while you're watching. But here's the first thing. Because God's word is enlightening. Say that together with me. Ready? Enlightening. God's word is enlightening. It increases the light. So when things seem dark, around you. Sometimes we can look at the world and it seems like a pretty dark place. Sometimes we can look at our lives, right? And it seems like a pretty dark place. But God's word lights it up. Lights it up. Notice what it says in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A few weeks ago, we shared with you the illustration of a guy, somebody who goes in and explores caves, all right? Nothing I really have ever felt the urge to do, but some people really like it. And when they go in there, it's interesting that they wear a helmet with a light and boots with a lamp they don't just go in there with, you know, I mean, I'd, this shows you what I know. I'd walk in there with a flashlight, and then I would drop the flashlight. The batteries would go all over. I couldn't find them in the dark. I'd be lost. That's why they go in there with two lights, one on their helmet, one on their boots. Why? Because they need a lamp on their feet and a light for their path. The lamp on their feet shows them the very next step that they need to take, but the light on the helmet shows them the path shows them the future, gives them opportunity for vision. That's why, that is why you can look at 2021 and say, God willing, God helping me, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to accomplish. This is what we're going to do. Tomorrow and Tuesday, for the next two days, we're going to have a staff retreat. Now, last year, we had a staff retreat, and we planned out, took three hours, in fact, we had it all timed out, you know, and uh, we had we were going to work on it for an hour and a half. Three hours we took covering the calendar for 2020. Ha, <laughs> I think God must have got a chuckle out of that last year when we did it. But we're going to do it again. Why? Because we believe that God has something special. Doesn't mean he won't change our plans. Doesn't mean that something might not interrupt our plans. But we are going to make plans. Why? Because we have, a, we have a light on our feet and a lamp on our helmet that is showing us the way forward, and it's God's word. And he has a future in mind for his people. And so we can plan with that, in faith, that God's gonna do something special. Psalm 119, verse 130 says, understanding your word brings light to the minds of ordinary people. I love that. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a preacher, teacher, professor. God's word says, understanding your word helps everybody. Ordinary men and women. It makes a difference in their lives. That's God's word. It is enlightening. It lights it up. I got here uh, pretty early this morning early enough that all the lights were still on and it was the first thing that we did when we moved to this campus before we ever did any work on the inside. We put the lights on because we wanted to light this place up. Now we did it because why? Well we wanted to detour people from coming and writing on the building like they'd been doing while it was in the dark. That was one thing but the more that I have seen how lit up this place is, the more I think No wonder we did it first. No wonder God led us to do that, number one. Because we are supposed to be what? A light on a hill. We're supposed to light it up. It's supposed to be a reflection and that's supposed to be our lives and when we allow God's word to be part of our lives, that is exactly what happens. Here's the second thing. God's word is not just enlightening, doesn't just increase the light, God's word is motivating. Say that with me, ready? motivating it increases the learning increases the learning hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it says this what god has said isn't only alive and active it is sharper than any double-edged sword his word can cut through our spirits and souls and through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and thoughts of our hearts What is the author of Hebrews saying? God's word is penetrating, and it can get right to the very heart of who you and I are. And then Paul, when he was sharing with Timothy in that letter that he wrote, 2 Timothy chapter three, verse 15, he says, Timothy, from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Where do we get the idea that individually, personally, we are supposed to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ? That we have to personally ask him to come in, forgive our sin, and be our savior? We get that from God's word. God's word points us towards salvation. But he says it goes on from there. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the push and the pull of motivation. The push and the pull of motivation. Sometimes God's word is going to show us things that we need to push away from. We gotta push ourselves away from the table. Do you ever have a meal like that? There's still plenty of good food on there, but you know if you eat one more bite, there's gonna be trouble, right? And you gotta push yourself away from the table. I am done. I don't care that there's more turkey and mashed potatoes and dressing. I'm done. You push yourself away from the table. Sometimes God's word warns us, shares with us, says to us, these are some things you've got to push away from. You've got to push away from. And sometimes God's word pulls us. If God's word's part of our life, it is amazing sometimes how almost like, almost like a magnetic field, it will draw believers towards the things that they need to be a part of. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody, and, and when you left that conversation, you were like, wow, I wasn't expecting that, but that really made a difference. Yeah. That wasn't by chance. That was God pulling. And just like a strong magnet, God's word can pull us in the direction that we need to go. It is motivating at times to stay away from. It is motivating at times for us to pull towards, to move towards. That is God's word. I was uh, watching a message earlier this week and in the message, it was actually by the gentleman who had done our men's Bible study in the fall. We had a men's Bible study that met on Wednesdays, and they did a study by uh, Tony Evans. Mark led us through that study. Mark, Pastor Dan, and, and, uh, and Tony is a great pastor and a preacher and a speaker, and he gave the closing message at a uh, conference earlier this week. And as I watched that message, the scripture that he used was found in Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12. And it's interesting because when God wants to do something new, he shakes things up. When he wants to do something new, he shakes things up. And if there is nothing you can grab from this week previous except this, I would say he's shaking things up. If there's nothing that you have been able to learn from these past 12 months, then I would say this. He's shaking things up. He shakes stuff up when he wants to reveal something new. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Watch this now. Try to be at peace with everyone. Well, let's just stop right there for just a moment. Try to be at what's the next word? Try to be at go ahead say it one more time. Peace. peace with everyone. At least the author of Hebrews is wise enough to tell us to try, right? Because I think it's fairly certain that we don't succeed at that all the time i, I mean let's let's be honest i I, I think that if you were to have a discussion with my wife, she would be honest enough to tell you that there have been probably times in this past week when I haven't lived at peace with just the one person that I have living in my home. There's probably been a time or two when we maybe have disagreed. So it starts there, but then it moves on because it'd be one thing if he says, live at peace with your wife, live at peace with your husband, live at peace with your family. That's where it starts. But the author of Hebrews actually says, live at peace with everyone. What? But but you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they said. Live at peace with that. Try to live at peace with everyone. And, and here's the thing. Here's Here's the deal about the church, capital, capital C, not not just our church, the church in general, but I think for a lot of people who will, in some form or fashion, plug into church this weekend, they'll either be there in person or be online. We're not even trying. Well, they started it. Okay, so the author of e- I'm sorry, let me check that again. I think there's, an, there, there's probably parentheses in here, except when they started. <laughs> now, granted, the author of Hebrews didn't have to deal with Twitter and Parler and Instagram and Facebook I could go into a whole other message right now, but we're just gonna stick with the outline so that you guys can make sure you have lunch today. (laughs) He says, look, try to live at peace with everyone. Then then he says, "One, one more step here. After you've done that, then he says, try to live a holy life. Why? Because no one will see the Lord without it. They won't see the Lord unless the people who claim that Jesus makes a difference in their lives are allowing that difference to be lived out in their lives so that the world can see it. Can't we just go ahead and the world is in darkness, right? I mean... This isn't new. This isn't news. This is Old Testament. We talked about it at Christmas. The prophet Isaiah says the world is wandering around in darkness. But here's good news. They've seen a light. The light was Jesus. And Jesus came and he had the audacity and the first message he shared to say, hey, by the way, I'm only here for a short time, so you, you be the light of the world. I don't want to be the light of the world. I'm sick of being the light of the world. The world is so dark, they're winning. No, they're not. God's just shaking things up. He's just... He's just shaking things up, why? Because when he shakes things up, he's getting ready to reveal something new. This year has not been a wasted year. It has been a year filled with the descriptions that you gave to it from last week. There has been loss, there has been disappointment, there's been cancellation. It has at times, I'm sure, young people, been boring. It's been all of those things, but God is shaking, and is it possible that He is trying to shake His church out of the laziness and lethargy that we have allowed to set in so that we can make an eternity of difference in these last days? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one, capital one, who is speaking. So not this one, the one, right? For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. But now He makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things remain. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Christ is the rock. Jesus himself said there was a guy and he built a beautiful house. The problem is he built it on sand. But there was another guy and he was wise enough to build his house on the rock. And Hebrews tells us that God is speaking And he is doing some shaking. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Why? Because he's trying to wake us up. He is endeavoring to speak. And the push and the pull of God's word. Listen, Romans chapter 8 tells us that God will use blessing to endeavor to move people in his direction. But if that doesn't work, God has other means. And God is an awesome God. And he is a loving God. And he is a God that wants to be a friend. Jesus, the Bible says, is a friend of sinners. But he's also holy. He's a holy God. And he's trying to shake us out of our laziness and our lethargy and our comfortability and the way that he does that is through his word Deuteronomy 11:26 God says see I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse the blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. He says, Here's the choice you have blessing, you have cursing. Blessing for obedience, cursing for disobedience. I'll never forget my Old Testament exposition teacher, first day of class he says let me give you the Old Testament in one sentence blessing for obedience cursing for disobedience and if we want the blessing of God and I can't imagine anybody here or even anybody watching us today would say I don't need that we want that where does it come from? by listening to and adhering to his word the author of Hebrews says look Try to live at peace with everyone and live a holy life because it's the only way people are going to see the Lord. And and here's here's the deal, okay? I hope you still get me on camera because I'm kneeling down here because I want to make a point. Here is the deal. If we have somehow gotten away from the priority of revealing the love of the Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us, then we have lost the priority and command that God has given to us. Jesus said, I give you a commandment. I'm not asked, this isn't an option. This isn't a do do it if you want to. This isn't a choice. This isn't a, well, that's just not my personality. I'm just not a loving person. Jesus said, I don't give a rip. This is what I tell you to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the way that you'll prove that, you'll love your neighbor. Well, I do love my neighbor. I love the person on the right and I love the person on the left. They both agree with me basically on everything. <laughs> we got our own little club here. It's amazing. Is that my neighbor? And Jesus would say, no. No, your neighbor is everyone that you come in contact with. Love your neighbor as you love yourself why it's the only way they will see god it's the only way they'll see god and i'll just i'll just be honest enough to tell you that there are times when i watch the news that's not easy is it it's not easy to love your neighbor When I see the things going on, it's not easy to love your neighbor. When you've lived through a pandemic, it's not easy to love your neighbor. And I'll be honest with you, I think part of the problem for the whole thing, part of the problem that we faced this past summer, part of the problem that we faced this past Wednesday is because of the life that we have lived for the past 10 months. And I just think personally that more and more people are just, they're they're just angry. And I got to take my anger out on something and someone So I'll take it out on them and this and you and it. And the church is getting sucked into that vortex. And Jesus says, that will not make a difference. And in case you're wondering, the Lord will not be revealed. How's it going to happen? Try to live at peace and try to live a holy life. Are you going to be 100% successful all the time? No. No. Okay? There's still going to be a time when somebody's driving down the street with you, you know, and they cut you off, and you want to give them the finger. Don't. But you're going to want to. You're like, how do you know that? Because I want to so badly, and then I'm afraid it's one of you. So I don't. I don't. I better not, you know. That could be my mother driving that. I don't know. So I don't do that. But I want to, and it seems like I want to more and more. Oh, anger. No, 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 no. Live at peace. Calm down. Okay? Don't worry about the good old days. They weren't really that good. Okay? Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Let's live in the day. Give us this day our daily bread. Make that our prayer. All right, we got we to wrap up here. I'm two minutes over. I got to fly. Oh, you know what? Let me say this. So, oh, this one's important. Somebody needs this. God gives us the desire of our heart when they align with his word, not our emotion. Let me say that to you again. God gives us the desire. We talk a lot about that, you know. God wants to grant to us the desire. God has a a plan for us with hope, and God wants to prosper, and God wants to bless, and God wants to favor, and that's all true, except that's when our lives align with his word and not our emotion. And sometimes our emotion says, come on, God, give me the desire of my heart. And God's like, yeah, you're not quite lining up with where I'm at here. Okay, the third one is this, compelling. Compelling. Say that word with me. Ready? Compelling. God's word is enlightening. It increases the light. It is motivating. It increases the learning. And it is compelling. It increases the love. It increases the love. Psalm 143, verse 8, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing Love, for I've put my trust in you. Show me the way to go. Would it make a difference if every morning you were reminded that God loves you? God loves you with a passionate love. God loves you with an unconditional love. God loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you. And and the psalmist says, I got to be reminded of that every morning because that will make a difference in the way that I live. Lord, as I am reminded of that, show me the way that I should go. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Happy are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the example of sinners or join those who have no use for God. Instead, they find their joy in obeying the law of the Lord, the word of God. And they study it day and night. They're like trees that grow beside a stream that bear fruit at the right time and whose leaves do not dry up. Yeah, and there's probably a lot of believers and they're still believers. They still believe in Jesus, but boy, unfortunately, the circumstances of these past few months, they have dried up. They've dried up. They, they've stopped listening to what God has to say. And the psalmist says right off the bat, hey, You're going to be like a tree that grows beside a stream and you will bear fruit at the right time. In fact, he says, they'll succeed in everything that they do. Why? Because their roots are down deep and they are rooted in the word of God. Not our words. Not the words from the past. Not words that told you that you were worthless or meaningless or wouldn't amount to anything. Not words that you even hear today. Not words that are given to you in the entertainment industry or in the news industry. Not words that you hear coming at you 24-7. No, your life is rooted in the Word of God. And when that happens, the psalmist says, you'll be successful at life. Because that's the difference that God's Word can make for us. So, I give you three options today. I want to give you something practical, all right? As you leave on the kiosk, there are three pieces of paper. At times, we have done something church-wide where we've said, let's have the whole church endeavor to read through the New Testament or endeavor to read through the Bible. And you know, I, I was reminded that... There are some people that love to read. I mean, they just can't get enough of it. And then there are other people, they're like, I hate reading. And that's totally understandable. So, so, how do we allow God's Word to saturate our lives? Well, a couple things. Number one, if you, and I've mentioned this to you before, but if you will download youversion.com, y-o-u-version.com, you get it on your computer. You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your, your Kindle or your iPad. It will download God's Word for you. You can have numerous translations. The translation that I speak the most from, that I preach the most from, is called the NLT, the New Living Translation. I also use the New International Version. Some people, you might prefer the Old English translation, the, the original, which is the King James Version. There's also a New there's so many versions. You can check it out. But here's the other thing they will actually read it to you. You don't just have to read it, you can have it read to you. We have so many options. So maybe on the way to work, you got a few minutes and you can plug in and allow God's Word to become part of your life. But here's the deal. We've got three options. The first one says this, five by five by five. If you've never read God's word before, I think I would encourage you, start here, okay? Start here. Five by five, this is five minutes a day, okay? Five days a week. And five ways, they give it to you, five ways to dig deeper. So if you want to go beyond the five minutes, they give you, but if you'll take five minutes a day, five days a week, they give you the outline, you'll read through the New Testament in a year. That would be awesome, especially if you are just kind of starting out in this, if this is, but it'll be a way for God's word to kind of get in and penetrate a bit. Awesome way to start. Second one is a discipleship journal. This one Take just a few minutes longer. It's a little bit heavier. You got a little bit of the Old Testament and you got a little bit of the New Testament. They also give you uh, several days each month where you don't have any reading so that you can catch up. Let's be honest, we're going to get behind at times. Okay? But don't quit on it, don't give up on it. Remember that finishing is better than perfection. There was only one guy who could look back and say, it is finished, and when he was done, look back, and it was all perfect, and that was Jesus. Everybody else is messed up. So finishing is better than perfection. All right, keep that in mind. Keep going. Don't give up. But this will give you some Old Testament and some New Testament together, and it'll expand your reading. And this one right here, this is actually eight and a half by 11, and it's about two or three pages. The reason is, if you follow this, in a year, you would read through all of God's Word. You'd read through the Old Testament and the New Testament and it would probably take you, if you're an average reader, I would say it's going to take you about 12 to 15 minutes a day and you'd read through the Bible. So this one's definitely a bit more challenging than this one but all of them are good. All of them are better than nothing and I would venture to say, forgive me, a little bit of meddling, I would venture to say that most of them are probably better than what most of you are doing now. Because if you're not doing nothing now, then this will increase your light, your learning, and your capacity to love. Okay? And I believe that getting into His Word will make a difference in the words that you share with yourself and even the words that you share with others. So let's make 2021 different by allowing God's word to penetrate our lives and make a difference, okay? So take one of these. If you are with us online, you're like, how am I gonna grab that? You have a way to connect, okay? You can connect with us online. In fact, they'll put that button up for you right now. And if you connect and tell us which one you want, just say five by five, discipleship journal, Or read through the Bible in a year and get us your information. We will send it to you because we want you to have it. But I truly believe that God's word can make a difference in our lives. And if we want 2021 to be different than 2020, let's control what we can control. And part of that is having his word saturate our lives. So grab one of these as you go and let's let it make a difference. All right? Good? You get it? Amen? Okay, you're getting there. It's going to be a learning curve. I'm giving you time. Don't worry. We're going to learn how to do church. It's buffering, okay? So we're having a little of online. All right. Well, they can still connect once it's done buffering. And uh, we'll, we will get it to you, all right? You, you, uh, you get Connected with us, and we will make sure you get this. All right, bow your heads together with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. You are the one that has promised it will make a difference. And God, forgive me. I I don't know about everybody else here, but forgive me for having so many Bibles and allowing it to make so little difference. Lord, I read it. I study it. I know it. But so oftentimes, Lord, it's preparing for something. And I know, Lord, that there needs to be more time in my life where I just let it penetrate and make a difference. And so, Father, I pray that for all of us, 2021 will be that difference maker. May we allow your word to penetrate our hearts, our minds, may it make a difference in the way that we live, in the outlook we have on life. Thank you for your word. Thank you that unlike a lot of places, we have it so easily at our disposal. May we take advantage of it. And if you're here with us today or you're watching with us online, And there's never been that moment when you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But today is that day for you and you want to. Can I just encourage you to simply pray this prayer in your heart after me. You don't even need to say it out loud, but just simply say, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me. I make you the Lord of my life. And if you prayed that simple prayer, if you're online with us, just hit the button that has come up in front of you and let us know of the decision that you made today to accept Christ. And if you're here with us in this auditorium or on the sides with us, if you prayed that prayer, would you just quietly, quickly, just just slip up your hand and put it down. Say, that's me today, Billy. I prayed that prayer and I invited Christ to come into my life. Just slip it up and put it down. God bless you today. Father, thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending us your word. May it make a difference in the way that we live in the year to come. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Our offering is taken a little differently, of course, on campus here. You could put your offering in that offering box as you leave. And please understand that while we don't take the time to pass a plate and hear a song and that kind of thing, it is still an act of worship. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where I find your heart. And so may we start the year making sure that we are investing in him, in his work, in his church, And I trust that you'll do that, that you'll kick off the year that way today. Many of you have joined with us online and give that way. Thank you for that. We encourage that, we encourage that from those of you that are watching with us online. Be part, get engaged, get connected with what's happening and the difference that God is making in this place.